Hey guys, I've got a question for you. Do you love Star Wars? Do you love talking Star Wars? Do you love listening to people talking Star Wars? Do you love the movies, the TV shows, and everything Star Wars? Collecting? Uh, do you have a lot of lightsabers? Well, I got the podcast for you. We have just released a brand new podcast as part of the second podcast on our network, The Lemonade Network. Yes, that's right. We have more than one podcast now. If you're listening to this, I'm assuming that you're probably a Star Wars fan. If you're not, just skip through this. But if you are, ladies and gentlemen, go and listen to my new podcast, Qui-Gon's Happy Hour. Yes, it's called Qui-Gon's Happy Hour, a Star Wars podcast. And all we do on this podcast is talk Star Wars, Star Wars, and more Star Wars. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to have a bi-monthly episode. So every fortnight, we will release a brand new episode where I, Jordan, sit down and talk to my friends about Star Wars. Now, this could be anything. It's going to be after shows. It's going to be reviews of the films. It's going to be lore. It's going to be everything Star Wars. We're going to have collectors on there. We're going to have conversations about all of the history of Star Wars, the nostalgia of Star Wars, the characters we love, the stories we love, the toys we love collecting, the lightsabers we love stunting with. (laughs) I don't know if that's a word. It is a word, but it didn't make very much sense in that sentence. But ladies and gentlemen, you know what I'm talking about. Right now, available is the first episode of Qui-Gon's Happy Hour. Go and look it up on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, and wherever you find your podcast. And may the force be with you. Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Making Lemonade, the podcast where we talk about how we take the lemons that life gives us and all of the different flavors of lemonade that we as creatives and as people make throughout our lives. This week, we have a very special episode that has been six months in the making. Yes, believe it or not, six months in the making. We've been trying to get this to happen. I am a horribly unorganized um, scheduler, but we finally got it going and we have made it happen with my friend Weedy Beardy Creations. That's right, Tyson Bullock is on the podcast this week. He is a cosplayer. He is a musician. He is a filmmaker. He is a makeup artist. He is all of all of the above above and more and we have him this week so let's get into the vlog and then we can get into the great chat i had with tyson bullock of weedy beardy creations G'day, ladies and gentlemen. How are we doing? Happy week. Happy Thursday, as you're hearing this. Um, I hope you're all well. I hope you're all safe. We have had the first week without restrictions. The restrictions have pulled off a little bit here in New South Wales, um, Australia, and we have had the restrictions pulled back such as that we can have two adults in a household with their children, which means... We can just have friends over. And what better time to do it than around May the 4th? 
Yes, may the fourth be with you all. I know I'm a little bit late, but that leads me into the next thing I want to talk to you about. We have some big news here, ladies and gentlemen. You may have seen, if you're listening on the on the RSS feed and you're subscribed to this podcast on the audio and you're an audio listener, you may have seen that, yes, that's it, ladies and gentlemen, I have a Star Wars podcast now. Yes, we have this. I finally pulled the proverbial blaster trigger and I have a Star Wars podcast now. And I'm very excited to share it with all of you. It is called Qui-Gon's Happy Hour, a Star Wars podcast by me, Jordan Moppeth. We have the first episode up right now with your friends and mine, the Mumble Boys, both Rui and Matt of the Mumble Boys and... And Matt Combs of Recast the Past. That's right. The people I have been feuding with, the people I've been feuding over, we did an episode of Recast the Past, or Recast the Draft, rather, where I took on Mumble Matt, and Rui was his ring girl on the sidelines, interrupting, teaching, um, and, and just supporting his better half, while also talking shit towards me. But... That was a great episode. And then after it, we recorded a May the 4th special. And what better time to start a new podcast than on May the 4th? Yes, that's right. And you guys voted. It was between making Blue Milk and um, Qui-Gon's Happy Hour. And Qui-Gon's Happy Hour just got by. On Instagram, I think it was 54% for Qui-Gon's Happy Hour and 46% for... I think those numbers add up. (laughs) 46% for uh, making blue milk. And on TikTok, it was 60% and it was 60-40 for Qui-Gon's Happy Hour. So we decided to call it Qui-Gon's Happy Hour. Now, it it may have been a little bit more on brand for making blue milk, but I really don't want to get too tied down to that concept branding-wise. I want to give you guys a bit of BTS here. Um, behind baseball, I don't want to get tied down to that branding. And because on TikTok, I have quite a large following that is Star Wars fandom and around my Star Wars art. And a lot of them know me as the Qui-Gon guy. Um, I think that's why people thought it was, that's why I thought it would be a good idea because as you know, I freaking love Qui-Gon Jinn. He's my boy. He's always been my boy. He's my dude. Uh, you know, I've got all all this stuff here. Um, and Qui-Gon's my man. Obviously, that next to Luke Skywalker. But Qui-Gon is my dude. And I wanted to do a, do a podcast that was based around that branding. And I'm actually glad that people ended up voting for it. I'm sorry for that noise. If you, I don't know if you guys can hear that. Two houses down, they're building a brand new house. They've just knocked down a house and they're building a brand new house. There's a bit of a construction in the background. You might not be able to hear it, but if you can, I apologize. So yeah, Qui-Gon's Happy Hour is just a podcast where we talk all Star Wars all the time, all day. Um, and as you may hear in the first episode, a little bit of Indiana Jones. But that's okay because that is a George Lucas property and I'm okay with that. I would like to branch out and do comic book stuff over over on another podcast as well. But right now, I just really wanted to do this Star Wars podcast because of any fandom that I have, I am 100% a Star Wars fan, as you can see. <laughs> um, so, 
Qui-Gon's Happy Hour. Go and find it, ladies and gentlemen. There was a trailer up last week here on, Make, on the Making Lemonade RSS feed, and you may have heard about it by now. You can find Qui-Gon's Happy Hour. I'm going to build all of the social media platforms as of tomorrow. <laughs> Um, I'm going to get onto the social media platforms for Qui-Gon's Happy Hour, and we are going to get that going. Now, it will be bi-monthly, so I'm going to try my best to do it fortnightly. It might even be a monthly podcast, but for now, I'm going to do my best to do bi-monthly, so fortnightly. And I have a new guest on as much as I can, and obviously reoccurring guests every single week. I want to sit down with people and talk about Clone Wars. We're going to have some after shows. We're going to have some movie reviews. We're going to, I mean, we're at the end of the Skywalker saga era now, but um, you know, there's plenty more Star Wars to come, and there is so much Star Wars to talk about from Star Wars history anyway that we could we could do this podcast until the end of time we really could so i wanted to promote that here ladies and gentlemen you can find qui-gon's podcast you may have heard the sponsor at the start of the episode as well that sponsor will be on every single podcast probably from now on just to make up for um you know just to, to support it now i'm still working on a patreon that is the next thing i need to get onto after i after i finished getting Qui-Gon's happy hour going my next plan was to get a Patreon going for for making lemonade here so yeah if you're a Star Wars fan go and listen to Qui-Gon's happy hour if you're not stick around we have some creative content going on um, right up here I want to talk briefly about Tyson now Tyson is a friend of mine who I met online via believe it or not Red Unit Inc he posted something about him one day and then Tyson and I got Tyson and I got to chatting and now, um, we are reasonably close friends, although we've only ever met in person once. Um, this was the first time I ever got to chat with him quite a bit, but we're, you know, we're internet and creative and industry fan- friends. He is a cosplayer. He is a filmmaker. He is building an animation called Raven's Call. Uh, we speak quite a bit about that in the episode, so I'll let, let you get to that. Um, that's that's quite far into the episode, so bear with it. We do get into that, um, and it, it's worth listening to. It's a very interesting story that he's coming up with. It's a very interesting story of how he got to that place as well. Um, so yeah, he's got a film coming out called Raven's Call that I am going to be one of the concept artists on. He's got quite a few concept artists. He speaks of some of the concept artists in this episode. Um, he is a cosplayer, one of the most detailed, high-quality cosplayers I've ever met in my life. He's friends with people like Cosplay Chris, uh, people like Aussie Boomerang, people like... Uh, I think he's friends with Zach Katz, I'm not sure. He's friends with a lot of people in the industry, a lot of cosplayers, and he is one hell of a makeup artist, one hell of a cosplay uh, creator. He is just a wonderful creator. He has some sine wave music that's going to be at the end of this episode. I'm even, I'm meant to ask him, and I'm going to ask him if he wants to do a sine wave version of the Making Lemonade uh, thing for some upcoming episodes. But he is just a one. It was just a wonderful chat. I really enjoyed talking to Tyson. Um, he is such an interesting person. He has he has had such an interesting past and history, and it, the way it has shaped him as a person just changed my thought processes about myself. And it really was one of the better episodes that I've done, one of the better interviews, because he's just a good person. He's just so all round, kind, happy, fun, fun loving, easy to get along with. He's just. 
I, I can't speak any higher of him and I will be having him back. We will be having him on Qui-Gon's happy hour next up. Um, and I would love to have him back with, um, you know, maybe Rui or someone else um, on the podcast here. But without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, that's really all I wanted to talk to you about this week. Qui-Gon's happy hour is out now. Go and listen to that after you listen to this if you're a Star Wars fan. If you're not, don't worry about it. Um, I know that all of my, not all of my fans here and listeners here are star, massive Star Wars fans. Other than that, I am, my commissions are open now. Um, so if you guys would like a commission, just hit me up on Instagram, TikTok, anything like that. Any of the platforms that you can find me on, Facebook, anything like that. Um, I have been working hard on some new art i have um some really cool star wars stuff that's coming soon uh, i'm doing a lot more tactile art trying to get out in the sun and do some painting as opposed to digital art which has been a really interesting endeavor and i'm really enjoying it i think i definitely will do more i want to do some like um i got a, a denim jacket that i want to paint i'm currently painting a skateboard like i want to do some tactile stuff like that like there's a there's a guitar here in the corner that I'd like to paint, um, maybe with like Darth Vader on it or something like that. I am really excited to um, just try and hone a little bit more of my uh, my physical traditional art form and do a bit more painting. And it's really been so much fun. It's been keeping me sane um, through the nights that my daughter doesn't sleep and so on. And the days that I wake up, I've been meditating. I've been learning a lot about myself. I really hope all of you out there are safe and you're okay. Just remember, stay home. We're not over this yet. Just because a law has changed does not mean that the that the virus has disappeared. It just means that we have a little bit more freedom. Please do the but do your part and do not overuse that freedom and and over exhaust that freedom because what's going to happen is we're going to end up back where we started and that's not what we want to do so without further ado ladies and gentlemen i would love to introduce to you weedy beauty creations i hope you guys enjoy the episode thank you for listening i love you all and i'll see you in the outro but here is Weedy Beedy Creations himself, Tyson Bullock. Well, welcome, Tyson. Um, I, Thanks for having me. You, oh, that's all right. Thank you for coming on. You may know my friend here, Tyson, as... Is it... It's Weird Beard or is it Weedy Beardy? Have you, has it changed over the years? Is that... I feel like it was well, Weedy Beardy when I started. When yeah, I first so knew. originally it was Weedy Beardy Cosplay. Uh, yeah. And then as years went on, I sort of realized, you know, I'm not just doing cosplay. I'm a, I'm a musician. I'm a special effects artist. I've got all these crazy things going on. So I think it was a year or two ago that I changed it over to Weirdy Beardy Creations. And it, a lot of people re- read it and uh, they get a bit caught up. There's a, there's a lot going on in a <laughs> short username so it's either weird beardy or weirdy beard and i'm just like yep whatever he'll do the the creations part is the reason why i wanted you on this podcast because as everybody Excellent. who's watching knows and as you know this mm. is a creative podcast and we talk about how we take the lemons that life gives us and all of the different flavors of lemonade that we make throughout our lives all the different things we create and 
I love talking to people who, I mean, I often talk to illustrators because that's my sphere, mm. that's my industry, that's the guys I hang out with a lot of and the guys who I kind of get along with. But, you know, I really love having, you know, all round creatives or just any other kind of creative on there. So mm. let's let's kind of start there. Let's. I want to talk to you about what your what do you create? So what what's kind of your main creative endeavor, or what are your main creative endeavors? Plural. Yeah. Well, look, uh, this dates back all the way to high school, uh, even long before then. Uh, I was brought up in a musical household, uh, was singing, dad was playing guitar. And so at a young age, dad sort of taught me the basics of guitar. And since, since then, since about maybe nine or something, I've always been a musician. Mm. So that's sort of the, the core of everything. Uh, 2012, 2013, that sort of ventured into the cosplay community. I had a friend of mine uh, hit me up one day and was like, hey, there's this convention that's called Supernova. I think you might like it. Mm. I was like, all right, interesting. What's it about? And if I, everything nerdy, everything pop culture, you think about it, it'll be there. And I was like, cool, let's go. And he's just like, one catch, like, it's basically a giant dress-up party. <laughs> all right cool i like that so what was it i think uh, i spent about a week making a foam sword and with like a fishing rod up the middle of it and then i got bits of other clothing here and there went to his house we spent Actually, I'm pretty sure we spent the whole night uh, putting together this prop, and I, it, it was the first ever cosplay I did. I was a uh, Finn the Human from Adventure Time. Ah, uh, yep. And it was good. And as as soon as I stepped foot there, it just opened up a whole new world for me. And mm. I was like, I think I can gel well with these people. So <laughs> that was going on. That was going on since about 2013, and then. Uh, I think it was 20 end of 2016 i uh became redundant at my job and i was sort of sitting around one day and sort of thought to myself you know i'm a creative person and i sort of want to i want to take that next step i'm just not too sure how i love making costumes by by mm. then it was a couple of years in the cosplay community i love making costumes in the past i've always loved um like doing Halloween makeup and that. Mm. So I found a uh, I found a course in uh, Brisbane City, and it was a special effects course, but mainly focused on the whole beauty side of things. And that was a bit daunting. I mean, being a what 25 year old not picking up a makeup brush in his life, not knowing anything about beauty makeup or hair styling or anything like that. Um, I just took the leap of faith and one thing led to another. I graduated a year later and that sort of began the whole journey of the whole special effects side of things for me. So it's that there's a lot that sort of goes into what makes me a creative person or mm. what a sort of what, what I reach out to. So from an early age, it started off music, went to cosplay went into 
special effects makeup and just gonna do a cheeky plug if you <laughs> jump on the if you jump on my Instagram you can see a couple of things there that I've done and that I'm currently working on and even just small uh, small things that other friends have gotten me into like Warhammer so I love my tabletop games I love painting miniatures it's like ther- therapy for me mm. so um that there's a lot of that so i mean i could i could talk for days about everything i get up to but yeah i guess the main ones are like i said a musician cosplay makeup artist and uh i guess just an overall nerd <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I guess that's a, i guess that's the uh the best way to put it but yeah that that's basically it Mm. okay right 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 so i mean i want to delve more into the cosplay and we'll get into the music and special effects yeah, and all yeah. that um later so we'll go through all of these kind of creative and endeav- like like so you what was it about cosplay that struck you so much and obviously that got you moving into the special effects mm. um endeavor i can understand how that would definitely roll very easily into it what was it initially that caught you about the cosplay cosplay community and the the creative you know aspect of cosplaying oh well i mean initially i the first convention i ever went to i didn't think i'd be doing this seven years later down the track (laughs) um but sort of rocking up there and just seeing the dedication these people had to the craft, like cosplay is a craft. Mm. You know, you, you look at movies, more, more so movies because of a real-life aspect about it. You've got people slaving away for weeks and months, fine-tuning these little details about a costume and that and... Mm you know, finding the right fabric and all that. But the thing about cosplay is it's basically a one-man team. Mm. It, it's yourself watching a movie, watching a TV show, seeing a game, looking at a comic book, and basically being like, you know, I want to make this. So if you're a cosplayer listening to this, I'm sure there's tons of cosplayers that do mm. listen to this. The whole, I mean, and look, this is probably just a personal thing, but the whole researching every single aspect of a cosplay. I mean, in my career, I've done a lot of joke cosplays that mm-hmm. got a few laughs out of people and them. Yep. But uh, I believe it was the first year I met you at, was it Melbourne? When I dressed up as It was Cable? Sydney. Yeah, Sydney OzCon, yeah. That's mm. right, yeah. So Sydney Oz Comic Con, it, it just looking at cable with the uh, with the in, the initial pictures that came out, and then I believe the movie had already been out by then. And just looking at a character and going, that is something I think I could pull off. And I think uh, that that's where I get my drive from is taking that step and that ambition of pulling apart a costume each and every single aspect and i mean like lucky for me i i have a lot of people that i can turn to if i need information i've got tons of friends that know a lot about weapons so i'll hit them up and be like hey look at cable's gun here it's an absolute 
Frankenstein of a gun. What can you see that stands out to you? What what gun's what that sort of makes it up? I think it up one friend, Tim, initially, um, and uh, I, I, I think it was within half an hour he was able to pull apart this entire gun and just be like, you want this one, you want this one, you want this one. Um, I had another close friend of mine, Jason, who was already working on the gun and building it, so he put it together for me and that. But I guess what really, to sum up my rambling, and you've got to get used to this, I'll, I'll talk <laughs> no, and then great. I will just detour off. Um, the overall aspect of what drew me to cosplay itself was the dedication these people have to their craft to be able to even just spend weeks or months leading up to a convention by themselves sitting in their bedroom or in their little work studio wherever they may be and just throwing together immaculate costumes that i've seen Mm. and look look it, it doesn't matter if it's a store bought costume or you handmade it or you know you spent one weekend painting or you spent months sewing intricate details into like the hem of like a dress or something like that. That That is where I get my drive from. So I sort of, I sort of feed off other people's creativity itself. So yeah, just, you know, that, that first going back to that first convention, um, uh, there were just some insane cosplays that I saw and just something t- flicked off in my brain. I was like, how did they do that? Mm. So I, I, I think how, uh, the, the question of how do they do that, that's what excites me because I, lo- I love researching this type of stuff. And so, yeah, yeah. That, that's, yeah, that's basically where the passion comes from. And and that's one thing that I, that we always try to talk about on here is there's no creativity, there's no pure creativity without that passion in the first place, because exactly. there's a lot of people. I mean, Rui and I speak have spoken about it in the past. Um, I believe on here um, in that there's there has been with 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 the advent of social media and YouTube and so on. There's a lot of people that have taken to a creative outlet for the sake of monetary gain and they found not unlike the way that a good nrl or nfl or basketball player may be good at it but they're not as passionate as you know the next guy they're just doing Mm. it for you know the nfl is full of people who just who are just good at playing football and that's the only reason they're there because they know they can make money off it and there's no passion there and that kind of thing is happening all over the internet. And unfortunately, there is a lot of people who are getting into, you know, our industry and the comic book industry, the cosplay industry, the illustration. Illustration is a bit different because you kind of can't fake illustration, although some yeah. people do get away with it at times and we yeah. won't get too deep into that. I definitely have come across people who do that. But the, there's this people are good at things, so they, they attempt to do it but they don't have the passion so it doesn't actually mm. have longevity to it it doesn't they have don't, this drive like, it yeah, doesn't become do a career for the love of it yeah exactly yeah and it doesn't become a career mm. for them it just becomes something they do to make money the way that you mm. and i maybe work for coles because or for mm. a, a bottle because we we understand alcohol you know what i mean yeah, so yeah. There, there's that and and there's definitely a lot of people 
Now I'm trying to remember why I was saying that so that I can bring it back around. <laughs> so, but the other thing I wanted to say about cosplay is there's something that I really admire about it is it is one of the youngest creative endeavors that we currently have in our industry. Like, it is a very young creative endeavor. And you could argue, you know, there was always a du- dudes that made their own Darth Vader costumes and Stormtrooper costumes and everything, but oh, nothing, yeah. nothing to the quality. It was always Halloween costumes. That's all it was. Mm. Nothing to the quality that it is now. And almost so much that, you know, cosplayers, cosplaying is a career now. Like, it's a job. Like, we have, oh, we know people definitely. who do yeah. it for a full-time job. Yeah, and that's, exactly. You know, that's thanks to YouTube. That's thanks to social media. That's thanks to all those those um, outlets that that you can use. Mm. But yeah, it really is one of those things that I admire because it is costume making. It is mm. Hollywood costume making for a different purpose. And it, exactly. the quality that you guys are getting out of these costumes, especially mm. yourself, you're one of those people that really strives for much higher, more detailed costumes as well. I've noticed as compared to you know, and which and that's is a burden true. in itself. <laughs> yeah, but it's a style. Like it, it's the the mm. way that I have a different style to the next illustrator. It's a, it's just the mm. way that you do things, and you're one of those guys that just has that style that you'll do. I've noticed you'll do maybe two costumes, three costumes a year, where someone will do seven because mm. it's, it's more important to you to do those details. Like, why is it that you find that? you're very detail oriented and you want to do those complex kind of costumes. That's a really good question. Um, <laughs> man, I, I actually wish I had an answer for that, but I'm drawing blanks. I mean, I think there's a part of it as well. When you're walking along a convention floor and someone spots you and say, Oh, Hey, you're Ben Affleck's Batman or your cable or your, I don't know, Spock from Star Trek or something like that. And, you know, these people, they want to come up and they want to look at your costumes and some people are just in awe at what you've done and they want to get photos and that. Uh, personally, I haven't come across it. I'm sure there are people out there that have, but there are people that will not only look at a costume, but they'll also, they'll turn to you and be like, you know, I'm the only person that thought I saw that particular detail in a costume Mm. and you've gone ahead and replicated it. So... Uh. So, uh, I, I mean, I could be wrong. There could be that there. It, it, it's not really... I don't strive for detailed costumes to get validation from people. It's definitely not that. I guess... Depending on what... Well, not depending. It doesn't matter what level of cosplay you're at, whether you be someone just starting out in their bedroom or you've got people like cosplay Chris, for example, Mm. that if they want to make a costume as best as they can, they will, like I said before, they'll pull apart a costume and they'll pick up on things that some people just 
don't pick up at all. Yeah. And it's it, it, it's that type of thing there. Like, I, I remember a while ago, the, the first, like, the reboot of Star Trek came out and a picture was mm. floating around on the internet. It had to do with either, like, it, it was a mixture of both costume designers and cosplayers, I believe, but basically someone was saying the attention of detail that these people go to is insane because they zoomed in on a T-shirt or, or, or on a costume or a shirt or whatever of one of these characters. And not only was it a textured fabric, but the texture itself was a Starfleet symbol across the entire fabric. So, it, it, mm. it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's one of those things of just... I mean, me personally, if I'm if I'm going to do a cosplay, if I'm going to do a, a super detailed cosplay, I'm going to put every bit of detail that I can pick up or mm. that I can find on the internet. Um, I'm going to put that into the cosplay. I hope that answers the question. No, yeah, no, it definitely does. It gives that authenticity to it. I mean, exactly. I've always, I personally, creatively, have always struggled with with how especially as an illustrator you you try to find how much detail you put in and how yeah. like how far is too much how much is perfection it all depends on the style like for instance um our friend jackson caspers he put so amazing much detail artist. in his stuff an amazing mm. artist he is a concept artist but innately the style that he does if you look at concept art um across the board for whether it's mm. marvel movie star wars even the Pixar movies, that kind of stuff. Mm. Concept art isn't actually that detailed. A lot of it mm. is just trying to set a scene and set a mm. feeling for something rather than actually doing extra detail. And Jackson goes mm. above and beyond by putting that fundamental scene and feeling into something and then adding that extra detail and that mm. little, you know, that little freckle on someone's face or, you know, the drops exactly. of water. He did a Kylo Ren recently that had these, like, the perfect drops of water all over his face and the way mm. and just gets the likeness perfectly, but the mm. rest of the body may not be perfectly dead. So it's like that fine line between perfectionism and adding details. Like I like to add mm. symbolism into my work. I've mm. always been a big symbolism person. And I suppose yeah. that's kind of the reason why I've added, that's my details. Like instead of adding that particular line on that costume or, you know, I've all, I always look at what's what what makes this character and what what can I leave out that doesn't have to be there, you know, yeah. for, kind of like a cartoonist point exactly, of view, like yeah. a yeah. what a caricaturist would do. That's the kind of thought mm. process. But I do like adding those details. Like um, I noticed when you had your cable costume, you had that um, was it is it a unicorn that he has? Yeah, it's a unicorn. Oh, you it's had a teddy bear. You had the teddy bear. Teddy bear, that's right. Yeah. And that's something I added into my Deadpool 2 drawing at that time that didn't need to be there. You did, you wouldn't have had to put it in there, but it was that but little it, It's thing. those little things that make it from that's a character to... Like, oh, how do I describe this? It's all like everyone knows what Deadpool looks like. 
Yeah. But like yeah. watching watching the movies, you know, there's that little joke about the unicorn and all that that sort of goes throughout the first one. And it's adding that in, which I guess it, this is on my mind at the moment. It's not so much detail, but it can add emotion. Mm. Whether it be happy, sad, humorous, or whatever it may be, it's those little things mm. that either, well, that create the character or completes a bit of art. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and no, I, know, I know what you mean. Like, I mean, for me, I'm a big I'm a big proponent of getting the right lightsaber in the right hand <laughs> yeah. when I'm drawing it. Like, yeah. getting that here. I've always been a big... I always looked at those visual dictionaries and mm. I know what everybody's lightsaber looks like. Like a good Star Wars fan, I know whose lightsaber is what when I see it. And I've always yeah. been... That's my thing. Like, I want to get that right lightsaber in the right hand, but yeah. I don't necessarily have to have the perfect detail in the costume or what have you. Like, mm. I... I I completely understand what you mean. And that symbolism to me actually even builds more on the character, builds more. Yeah. Like you can get, you can get the shirt, like I suppose for a cosplay or even a drawing, you could get mm. the shirt just slightly wrong tone. Like it could be the wrong tone, but if mm. you have something like that teddy bear, that, that lightsaber, you know, yeah. you have that little detail. That's actually a story prop. It's a story trope within the it's, character. Exactly. It actually yeah. adds to, Yeah. I feel like that represents that it's a symbol of the character as opposed to a visual mm. realism of the character and an exact likeness yeah. of the character. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, and, I, and I think as well, because like, just going back to my cosplay career, uh, I, I've actually done a cable cosplay in the past. I believe it was 2015 2016 something like okay. that i went for more of a com comic book style and this was around the time that images were first coming out of cable i believe there was oh, yeah. one concept image of brad pitt as cable and everyone was like oh, yeah i remember brad that pitt, brad pitt cable and i made a post being like oh yeah i can see it and then they were like actually no it's josh brolin i was like actually no that's that's a bit better that makes more sense. but <laughs> Looking at those two different cosplays, the first cable I had, I did have a gun, but it was a painted Nerf gun. Yep. And, you know, it's just like, okay, yeah, he's trying to do cable. That's like that. That's a weapon he's got. Looks a bit futuristic. But you look at the most recent cable I've done, the gun that I've got is basically like a bit by bit like weapon that cable had in the movie itself so it, it right. sort of steps that and sort of steps it up that next level to yeah okay that's cable with a gun to that's cable with the gun that the was in gun. the yeah. deadpool 2 type of thing yeah. so, and i think that might relate a bit back to drawings like you know getting the right lightsaber and all that like it's just those minute details that make mm. a character a, a whole yeah, Ra yeah, rather 100%. than just uh, that's Kylo Ren with a red lightsaber too. That's Kylo Ren with his hilted saber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can you can draw the hilt. You can just draw a broadsword lightsaber, or you could draw mm. Kylo Ren, the details of Kylo Ren's lightsaber. Yeah, mm. I, I think that's um that's definitely something 
that plays hugely into i mean that's something i'm huge on is rather than getting it correct i like to make you feel something like i want to when i do fan art i actually want to feel when i'm finished with it what i felt when i first um interacted with whatever the character is i want to i want to represent how i feel and i want to put smaller details in there that are going to and the same goes for cosplay when when people notice them and when they're pointed out to you you go oh shit like because it hits you it goes wow like that's a that's a really cool thing to put in there like i mean yeah i keep a lot about star wars but i did a a piece today where Hmm. i did all of the skywalkers and i drew them all on this thing and then i was like how can i add to this and i just added the individual starfighters like I added Anakin's uh, Jedi yeah. Starfighter, the X-Wing, and in between mm. Leia and Ben Solo, I added the Millennium Falcon. And I was like, mm. it just made me feel fuzzy inside, and I was like, it felt yeah. right. It felt it felt like it made sense, and when, when it's there, people just go, oh, you just put it in there. But when you point it out and you go, no, this is a representation of who they are as yeah. characters. Like, it's, a, it's one of those details. Um, let's move on to... I want to speak, speak to you about your... Um, special effects makeup. So at what point, so you're cosplaying and I want, I want to kind of go through your timeline with all. So you're cosplaying yeah. and you're, and you're creating all these costumes and you kind of go, well, this would be cool if I could get into the special effects game. What, what was kind of the linchpin that makes you go, let's, let's get into the special effects game. Let's, let's go there. I think it was just years and years and years of watching behind the scenes of movies <laughs> that is literally it. I yeah. like. I am a huge Star Wars fan. Mm. I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan. I love things like Pan's Labyrinth and like oh, yeah. fantasy sci-fi. That whole thing, like practical effects, I've always adored. So, I think it was just years of looking at these behind the scenes. And watching videos of, you know, how they do the makeup. And obviously, like, prior to doing the makeup course, I didn't have the same appreciation as I do now. But I could still appreciate the work and the art that goes into creating a character. Mm. So... I think I think one of the big things for me as well was I, I don't know how many times I have watched the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit behind the scenes because I just love the whole <laughs> like I, ju- I just love the whole you know cre- creating like the dwarves or creating the orcs and stuff like that and I love how they show throughout it how it you know they had the novel for like the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. And then they had concept artists come in and sort of go, okay, this is what we think it might look like. And then it's that bridge between the concept art to what they actually do to create that actual look. I think that that's where I find a lot of interest. Um, I mean, you can find it on YouTube. That's a behind the scenes of um uh i believe it's revenge of the sith um in saying that happy revenge of the fifth um but 
Yeah, there's a particular scene where George Lucas walks into this boardroom with all these nervous concept artists and he's going through and they're trying to depict, obviously this is CGI, but they're trying to mm. depict what General Grievous will look yes. like. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, famous. And he's, yeah, and he's going through, and it's funny that one of the designs that was originally going to be Grievous ended up being his guards with the yeah. electro stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, the, and there's similar things with The Hobbit and that, that you sort of, you, like, they show concept art and, like, you know, original drawings, all that type of stuff. That That's what sort of got me hooked on the special effects thing, the whole creation side of things and that and obviously that's the same with cosplay how do i make this costume mm. goes it goes have a special effects how do i make this particular look so that's yep. what sort of got me hooked and then obviously like i said before i took the leap of faith applied got in one year later graduated yeah so, yeah wow there you go that's awesome that means well and that that goes to say that you know cosplay is special effects it is it is costume making. It is it is makeup art, and it's. I mean, it's a very interesting career path to take as well. Was it something you always thought you would do, or was is it just something God, that no. kind of found you? No. <laughs> no. God. God. No. It, it just sort of found me. I mean, for years and years and years, I wanted to be a musician. I wanted to play in a mm. band. Uh, I actually made a post today of a throwback to uh, the first, I guess, proper touring band that I was in. It was mm. from about 2012, 2013, up until about 2015, 16, mm. something like that. So, like, always wanted to be in a band, and then any musicians listening to this, the number of times you hear being a musician isn't a real career. <laughs> and, and, and it could probably happen with... Any artist, oh, doing yeah. this isn't a real career. You need a backup plan. I never let that stop me. It didn't matter if it was a teacher, a friend, a family member, a complete stranger. Them saying, you can't do this, that mm. is what drove, that, that's what drove me. So going back to your original Ooh. question, uh, yeah, it, it just sort of came up one day. Uh, musician was always the first choice. Uh, it's now gone the path of special effects artists. Um, but I'm in a weird, weird place at the moment where I'm like, do I want to be a special effects artist? Do I want to be a musician? Do I want to be a filmmaker? Cause as you know, I'm working on, a the animated movie at the moment, which mm. will be, uh, doing some stuff for very soon. But, um, mm. Yeah, like that whole filmmaking pro, uh, process, like that's sort of a combination of everything. I'm using all my artistic skills, being able to source out concept artists, which I have some amazing artists on board, you you, uh, you included. <laughs> yes. Um, but then on top of that, I thought, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a musician. How can I utilize this for a career as well? So I'm making the whole soundtrack. Mm. And it's things like that. So yeah, it's it's a bit of a weird area that I'm in at the moment, but uh, I'm sort of I'm grabbing at everything that I can and just sort of using that cr whole creative life for me to sort of push me forward and I guess just see where things go. Really. Yeah, I mean, I think you've found, as you said, you've found that flagship career that mm -hmm. you were looking for, um, 
all that time when you was you know how can i do special effects costuming music and film all in one well mm-hmm. what 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 creative medium needs all of those at once and that's filmmaking exactly. um um so raven raven's claw is it it's is it ravens or ravenclaw uh raven's call so raven's E-N-S-C-A-L-L. okay okay so I, I let's let's talk about that i want i want to take some time talking about that what what was the initial inspiration for this film what is this film about and where where are you going with it what's your what's your creative direction because as we all know so an idea starts here and it can end up in a completely mm. different dimension by the time it's it's completed but at this point in time where are you with raven's call still in the very early stages uh i mean i've got a full script and a full story but that needs a lot of like beefing up and editing some things and that um uh, I've got some concept art done uh, by some, like I said, some amazing artists and soon going to be getting a lot more. Uh, I've got a bit of the soundtrack done. Um, I don't really have like a proper timeline of how I'm doing things, especially with the whole creative side of things. And, and that sort of goes across everything. Um, I'm just sort of attacking one thing here and there and little bits at a time and then eventually when i've got all the art done all the music got the story all sorted then i'm going to go ahead find voice actors things like Mm. that um to answer your question before as to how it started personally i find this funny it could be a bit sad uh but (laughs) basically i uh i became redundant from a job Mm mm-hmm it, it was an amazing job. Actually, no. I didn't become redundant. I left. But that, that's another story. <laughs> um, so basically, I was sitting at home one day, lounging in the bed on the couch, just being like, woe is me. All right, I'm going to watch them cartoons, try and cheer myself up. Mm. As any 25, 26-year-old would do. As you do, um, yeah. So I flicked on Netflix and I chucked on uh, Teen Titans. Go Teen oh, yeah. Titans. Oh, yep. The, uh, that's the Dan Hip-based one, hey? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yep. And there was one particular uh, episode where Cyborg, he gets a song stuck in his head. And the, <laughs> yeah. entire, the entire episode is like an 80s synth wave, like, I'm like I'm not I'm not sure if there, it was a video clip that was like this or the whole episode is it's lost for me now but uh basically like he goes out and he's got to save his friends but it's all mm. like you know he grows a majestic mane and he's like riding on a <laughs> motorcycle and a stallion and an eagle and it's like all neon lights and everything and the funny thing is that song got stuck in my head and that particular episode. And I was like, I've had this idea for a film for maybe two years now. I haven't done anything with it. Mm. Like all great ideas. <laughs> and I, um, and I think it was from that moment there, I was like, I have a job. I need to, 
fill all this spare time with doing something. So from there, I started making notes and I started fledging out a story. And I think that was the end of 2018 in November, mm-hmm. October, November. All of last year, up until the end of last year, I was working on the story, which, uh, like I said, is complete now. I uh, had a friend of mine that is a artist named Alex. Uh, I believe her Instagram is Redneck Kung Fu. Yep. She's big into wrestling, does a bunch of wrestling shirts and that. Uh, she's amazing. Definitely check her work out. Uh, she got me into contact as well with two of her uni friends, um, Jason and Gemma. And, you know, we were started talking and I said to them, look, this movie, it's sort of like a D&D campaign that I wrote a couple of years ago, crossed with Tank Girl, crossed with Mad Max. And I, I just <laughs> threw all these things in and just they jumped on straight away and yeah we got a bit mm. of artwork done on that and yeah it sort of went from there and then i think it was start of last year yeah it was the start of last year i also started working on the soundtrack and the main theme of it is actually based off of like an old western tune and you basically hear it, and it sort of sounds like a horse galloping. And I thought, what would be cooler than the main character riding a horse? Oh, yep, uh, main character riding this sci-fi Mad Max-looking Harley Davidson with a massive sword and all this, and a shooting flames <laughs> out. So, yeah, it, it, it's weird. My, my brain just thinks of these wild ideas, but it's somehow triggers me to write something or to play something on the guitar and sort of go from there. So, Mm. yeah, um, that's that's basically it, really. I mean, there was also the uh, other question of what the movie is about. Yep. Uh, I'm not going to bring up the very, very long description that I have. I'll give you the dot points. So basically, yeah, no, it's don't, about don't, don't a, give away the um, premise either. Don't give away the story either. I, Just I, give us the footnotes oh, no. on the film. <laughs> so basically, it uh, it follows the story of a uh, girl. Somehow gets interweaved into this prophecy to save the world. So, her and a group of friends that she sort of meets along the way sort of set out on this big adventure, and the big bad guy that's sort of wanting to do some stuff. I'm I'm trying to be real <laughs> careful not to give stuff yeah. away, but basically yeah, yeah. he uh, the bad guy has, a, has an idea. Yeah, he wants the to. Bad, yeah. Take over the world, muhahaha. <laughs> basically, it's it's a generic storyline, but yeah, it, it that's basically it. And they sort of go through it and fight, and yeah, that yeah, that that's basically it. And, it, and it's funny as well because even though I haven't even made a scratch at the progress of this film, I'm already thinking of ideas for making a second film and i'm yeah. like i need to stop get, i need to stop getting ahead of myself and just focus on this yeah this first film first because it could be a flop 
and I wouldn't even be finished with it yet. I'm going ahead and working on a second film. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah. So the, that, that, that's basically it really. So it's a, is it a, is it the hero's journey or is it a, you know, good versus a story about good versus evil or what's the, what are you trying to tell with the story? What are you trying to, um, kind of put across is it part of you or is it just uh, as you said just a big cacophony of everything you love and all the cool kind of things that you've come mm. across look it is uh the, there are parts of it that are a huge mashup of everything known to man just smushed into one video <laughs> uh, one movie um the character itself how i've written it i mean i would at some point love to get a female writer uh, onto the movie to help out because do another draft. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a guy writing a movie about a female character and trying to come up with a strong female character. I mean, I could do a good job, but I think having a female's point of view and being like, okay, maybe she doesn't does uh, doesn't do this, but she's more like this, and this is how she acts and that. So sort of getting that like second voice, second opinion on it. Um, mm. But Raven herself, I've sort of written it, sort of written her. Uh, I guess there's some aspects of her life and her personality that do reflect a lot of uh, me. Um, okay. There's, I guess the film itself is sort of, how do I word this? film that's more like finding your true potential and living up to like something great mm. that you're a part of like uh, so yeah does that make sense yeah no i do I, I do understand what you're what you're putting across there so it's it's a film about finding who you are, who you can be, and, you know, the tale as old as time, which isn't a bad trope. You know, those are my favorite mm. films. Those are my mm. favorite films that show you that, you know, they stay in the back of your head. They stay in your in your soul for the rest of your life because it's taught you something about yourself. So you're, you're not dealing with an anti-hero necessarily. You're dealing with a hero. Is that is that correct? Yeah, look, I wouldn't. I I guess she she just starts off as an average Joe. Mm. Uh, she sort of makes her way through life, you know, doing what she wants to do because she doesn't have people around her to guide her, and then all of a sudden she's thrown into this big wide world, and she's confused being like you know this isn't me what do you want about like mm. I, I just want to go back to my comfort zone yep but as the movie progresses her friends are pushing her to to her full potential mm. so she isn't obviously end of the movie Actually, I won't say that because it could be a spoiler. <laughs> yeah. 
she could be a hero. Yeah. I like to think she is a hero, but yep. how I've sort of written it is more anyone can be a hero no matter what your background is or like the people around you like i believe you've said it before i don't know i could have just been making things up but it's like you know you're you're the hero of your story you're the one that that sort of molds your molds your life i guess lack of a better word yeah um you yeah, it, it, it's more of a, I'm not going to say an inspirational movie, mm. but it, it, it's just, yeah, the, the overall thing is finding your true potential and living living life to the best that you can to achieve greatness. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's, that's the thing about the hero's journey is we all will, you know, there's all those stages like the... The call to action, the refusal of the call, um, you know, stepping over the threshold, so on and so forth. But mm. yeah, I suppose as creatives, as as a, it is a cliche old story trope, and it's more more or less of a you know loose structure for storytelling than it is a storytelling formula. But it is mm. it is one of those things that um, it really does go into that into the creative process and into we go through these stages where we're in denial of our work. Maybe it's not so good, um, but then something comes along mm. that's calling to us. You know, for instance, it's for you. It's, you found this film that's called to you, this story that who knows where it's come from? Like, is it the muses? Is it, it's not, it's definitely, I mean, I don't like to say that my ideas are coming from me because if they were, I would be able to just tap into them all the time. Like it's not mm, exactly. It's not this innate internal power. Something is. I'm. Ta- I am tapping into something, and the more I d- turn up to do that, the more you turn up as a creative to do that, the more likely that 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 idea is going to come to you. And then it's up to you. It's your responsibility as a creative to make that idea a reality. To make that idea something that happens. And that's where the hero's journey comes. Is when you get that idea and, you know, it's a big story like that. I mean, I have a story quite similar to yours that I've been working on for, oh, three, four years now that I keep refusing to work on. I keep refusing that call. And mm. and I know that it's, it's possibly that I'm refusing that call because I need to build a following or I'm refusing that call because I feel like, you know, I'm not quite ready for it in my, in my skill set. And mm-hmm. I, I can feel it boiling that – probably towards the end of this year, I'll be ready to really sink my teeth into that story. Um, yep. And it's, it's one of those things where, like you said, we are the, we are the, the hero of our own story because to, ta- to simply take responsibility for your life, um, whether creatively or, you know, spiritually or in general is to stop refusing that call. It is to take control of your life and to say, I'm no longer, like you said, you, you know, you, you lost your job and you say, well, I'm no longer going to let this lack of employment um, be 
the thing that runs my life. Like I'm no longer going to let yeah. that define me because I have the capability to create something that can not only cause me employment, but can actually move me forward and become the person that I want to be. And I mean, I, I feel the same. I, I, I cannot stand working for someone else. Mm-hmm. I have to work for someone. I mean, currently I'm not. And, and thank God to our government because it's it's getting me through, but you know, yeah. at times I've had to work a day job that I did not enjoy, purely to to care for my family or you know yeah. to make to make ends meet, and to to know as a creative, there's this power we have to cause that employment that some people mm. don't necessarily have, you know, that a lot of people don't necessarily have, and I think as creatives we have a responsibility to create those projects and to make those things a reality because then therefore we can, you know, you, you can make money off it on the, on the ground level, but also yeah. how many, how many creative things, how many pieces of art have inspired you in your life? Like, you know, I don't think I would be the person I am without a lot of the film and television that I've consumed over the years. And it's yeah. it struck me on an emotional. And like you said, you know, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, those things are the reason why one, you start cosplaying two, you start makeup mm. and then you end up in, in, uh, following an endeavor of, of filmmaking. And now you're creating mm. a story that could potentially, you know, who knows who, who it's going to affect, who knows who it's going to, mm. you know, change. Yeah. I think, Going back to a couple of things you said, there was, and I don't know how dark this can get, uh, but a few points that sort of, from the movie, from what you've said, that reflect greatly with my life, Mm. is Mm self-belief and getting over the fear of the unknown. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, I mean, like all great creatives, not everyone, but a majority of people, there is, you get in your own head. And there's there's a lot of, I mean, me personally, there's a lot of mental health stuff that, um, that I go through, that I'm currently going through, that I'm working through. And everyone's got that little voice in their back in the back of their head saying, "What if?" or "You can't do that." And I think having that inner strength to be able to get like to block out those voices and to be able to do what you want to do with no, nothing holding you back. I mean, that is a that is a big accomplish, accomplishment uh, for anyone. Um, I mean, yeah, like with, with this movie, obviously I came up with the idea and everything like that, but there's always been that voice in the back of my head of what if this doesn't succeed? So obviously there's days where I sort of let that get to me and days are tough. But there's also days where I can push that aside. I can overcome that, and I I can say so. So what if it doesn't become successful? Yeah. yeah I yeah. can end of the day. 
if I if I can spend years and years and years making a feature length animated film out of my bedroom, that is mm. a huge accomplishment. Yeah, how, huge. How many? Like, it, it, it doesn't matter if it's making making a film to just everyday tasks. Like, if you can get past that voice in your head and past the questions of what if like that is that is a great accomplishment Mm. and i think that relates in the movie as well like a lot of what i go through i've sort of weaved it into the story where the hero has those self-doubt thoughts doesn't Mm. believe in themselves Mm. you know wants to scurry away back into their comfort zone because you know it's a big bad world out there and all, all that and there is a not only is there a story arc but there's a character arc for the main character where you know she's thrown into this big world but she's able to overcome that mm. and i think and i think i think that's a not only artists but just everyday people is it if you're able to overcome just those down days yeah or those voices in your head mark that down as a big accomplishment yeah because years down the track rather than looking back and going oh remember when this person said this about my artwork or my or my song or whatever if you can push that aside and be like look at how much i've overcome in the last 10 years use yeah. that as fuel to drive your creativity 100% cuz yeah. if you can if if you can use that as fuel you're destined for bigger and greater things down the mm. track mm. more more elaborate artwork more like speech length films or albums or something like that like it, yeah I guess that that's my part on that, which is basically there's messages from my own self of disbelief and mm. the voices in the head saying what if and all that being able to overcome that. I mean, without getting too in depth and if uh, this is going up on YouTube, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With okay, so if you're watching this, you've probably noticed I've got a bit of a tick. Mm. But long story short, I guess uh, 2015, I had a bit of a bit of an incident uh, out on the town with a couple of friends that resulted in me getting a head injury. For years and years, I let that define my life. Mm. I had agoraphobia. I didn't want to leave the house. I didn't want to go out anymore nothing like that but from 2015 up until 2020 the amount of stuff that i've been able to overcome wouldn't make Mm. me the person wouldn't make me the person i am today yeah i i sort of see things as if those events didn't happen Mm. there would never be that butterfly effect of me making a movie me making a album at the moment 
with a friend of mine for music, me mm-hmm. starting up my YouTube career again, or all that type of stuff. It's it's being able to get through life struggles and yeah. persevering. Mm. Yeah, and and this is this is the thing that. You know, we speak about mental health a lot on I, I really want that to be a point on this, and I'm glad that you brought that up. It's I, I want to speak to a few points you made there. So it is something I mean, I myself have dealt with with um periodically over my life, depression. Um, I have constant anxiety. I have I have adult ADHD, or you know, as professionals have called me, you know, um, it's just part of me. I don't I don't like mm. to label ADHD, depression, anxiety. Like, mm. it, the label gives gives me an understanding of what I'm feeling, but yeah. at the end of the day, you know what you're feeling. You know what, and those mm. like you were saying, those voices in your head. I mean, I woke up this morning feeling like crap. I felt, I mean, my daughter woke me up at midnight, 12.30 last night when I, you know, had been up since 6 a.m. She was in the bed rolling me around. I was up three or four times in the night, had a horrible mm. night's sleep, woke up really shitty, really annoyed. And all I had to do was, you know, sit down and do some drawing and just mm. have some time. I had an hour or two to draw and sat down and did some drawing in the sun and and that shit just changed me but this is something i've been trying to i, I did a video recently and i need to post it on the on the um podcast feed as well i've mm. been trying to say to people i've had so many of my creative friends amongst everything we're dealing with in the world right now this this current state health crisis and, and state of the world so many people say well you know we're not essential as artists we're not we're not you know creatives are, aren't essential in the economy and mm. to that i've said to all of them that's absolute bullshit like yeah. that is a crock of shit and you know it mm. i'm sorry but at the end of the day art is art and creativity is a cure for the human condition yeah. whether you're consuming yeah. or creating the way I look at art is that it is, a, it is that cure for – it is that expression of the human condition, and it is a cure. When you have a bad day, you watch your favorite movie. Everyone's got their go-to movie. They've got their go-to television show. They've got their go-to album or, or music they listen to, and if you're a creative, they go and paint. You go and paint. You go and – you know, you make some music, you play the piano, you, whatever mm. it is that you do, you fall into that. And, and that's what that flow state is. It is a form of meditation that cannot be replicated unless you turn up and you do that creativity. And, mm. and only a creative can understand that flow state. That flow state is what we're constantly chasing up. And the best part about that flow state is if you can channel it into like what you're doing into a project, at mm. the end of the day, it doesn't matter how many people see it. If you can if you can get into that flow state and you can create the best work you can possibly create by turning up every single day and doing that art, but also by understanding that it doesn't have to be perfect. It just mm. has to be what it what it becomes. That means you can you can create the best work that you can create. And who cares how many people see it because you achieved it at the end of the day. Like how many exactly. movies, how many, you know, Kevin Smith creates more rats and it, it is the biggest flop of his life. But now more rats is a pop culture phenomenon. Like it is, mm. it, 
found its place later on on home video and it goes for you know i can't tell you how many pieces of art i've done where when it first came out no one gave a shit about it but mm. three or four years later i reposted it i re i re-brought it up and people went wow that's amazing and mm. it just goes to show that art can find people in a certain state and i suppose like you're saying your the cure for that is art the cure for the human condition is, is art and we're in a state right now where it's almost like we're and i don't know if you know creative pep talk but andy j j miller j pizza talks mm. about he's talking about currently how we're in this cocoon state it's yeah. almost the only time in human history where everybody is in a state in the same state and the same place in their creative process in their yeah. creative careers we're all in this cocoon state where we should be creating right now we should be incubating in this state so that when we come out of this a lot of us find our place in the world a lot of us can it, find our creative endeavors and so on it is like exactly like what you said the state we are in now is a state that all artists can thrive yes the amount of people that are at home on the internet, you know, going through Facebook or Instagram, you have a larger audience now to be able to get your art out there. Yes. You, you're able to channel all the emotion of this crazy world that we're in at the moment, channel all that into a piece of art. And if you upload that, I bet you the people looking at that art will be able to feel that emotion because not just creatives, but everyone, we are all going through the same thing at the moment. The world yeah. is in lockdown. We've got all these mm. emotions running around in our head. No one knows what to do. I just think, yeah, my advice for artists at the moment or in general is create and do not stop creating. Mm. Yeah, because the amount, yeah, the amount of like the, the audience that you have at the moment is huge. Mm. So pump out artworks, even if it's a one day, one day sketch or like a one day song, pump it out. Yeah, put it in, put it in a folder for a rainy day or upload it. Mm. So going back to what I said, now is the time for all artists to thrive. 100%, yeah. And the attention has always been on social media, but it is it's it's almost as the most concentrated it has ever been because yeah. there are so many people at home and even though there's a lot of people working from home and a lot of people who aren't um I don't know what the numbers are looking like, but even if you think about it from this point of view, the people who are working from home still, they don't have a boss looking over their shoulders. So they are mm. still on social media every five minutes. They yeah, don't have basically. people. And it's the, it, you know what? And as a, a professional creative, you don't have a boss looking over your shoulders. So the freedom mm. you have right now to create is phenomenal. And it is the perfect time to try new platforms, try new things, post 
everything you can. Use social media to your advantage. But also, if you're not going to do that, go into an – if you're not trying to build a following but you're trying to achieve a project, go into that incubation state. Go into that state where you where all you're focusing on is that project you're working and let it let – it, because you have so much concentrated free time that you wouldn't regularly have – um, whether it be because of a job or, or, or socializing or what it, you know, seeing your family, stuff like that. We're in a time where you're just, I can't explain it any better, but it's this cocoon where you can just focus and you can learn how to get into that flow state and use that flow state to the, to your advantage to create. And I guarantee you some of the most amazing art and work is going to come out of this. Like after the, the black plague, was the renaissance <laughs> like yeah. when the black plague happened the bigger the rent the renaissance happened and arguably the biggest change and shift in creative mindsets and in the mindset of the world happened because everybody was stuck in their homes they created all this work and we ended up with renaissance painters renaissance writers where all of this stuff all of this amazing art that changed the world so in conclusion you know Art does change the world. Therefore, it is necessary. It may not be necessary to the economy, but I, and I'm probably going to cop some hate from. I suppose I'm not going to because we're dealing with creators here. But fuck the economy, change the world. Like yeah. the economy is how we keep food on our tables and so on, but art is how we keep ourselves sane, how we keep the world progressing. It's how we move forward in the world and yeah it's just i mean it's so important right now that we that we do this and that you take this time make the most of this time i can't exactly I can't push that thought process anymore mm. we able to put a uh, quick pause on the uh, podcast we can we can fi- we can finish it up here let's oh. let's that's, I think there that's a perfect place to finish. I just want to end with some quick-fire questions. If you've got five more minutes, we'll end I with do. some quick-fire questions that I end every um, every interview here with, and then I will um, let you go. Uh, let me find them first. Oops. Uh, so I just asked these questions at the end just to kind of give a wrap-up, and, and, you know, there's just some very different questions that uh, people don't regularly ask. So I've got uh, five questions here that I'll ask you, and just the first thing that comes to your mind, give us an answer. So what did you think was cool then, like when you were younger, um, but isn't cool now? Spiking up the front of my hair with a lot of gel. <laughs> I did that too when I was in primary You did it too? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I used to have short, spiky hair. <laughs> That's you, a good You would answer. always do that. You would sit in front of the mirror and press your hands together on your fringe to make it stand up. <laughs> yeah, you'd get the comb. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was such a 90s kid thing. Yeah, for sure. Okay, question two. If you could know the absolute and total truth to one question, what question would you ask? <laughs> Ooh. Who shot first? <laughs> Ask George Lucas; he'll tell you a very different answer to what I'll tell he, you. He, 
everyone's got a di- everyone's got a different answer. George Lucas knows. So George, <laughs> if you if you're listening to this, get into contact with me. <laughs> that's a great way. That's a, that's the best answer I've had to that question yet. That is so good. Who shot first? <laughs> okay. Um, what is the most unprofessional thing you've seen someone do? Oh. Could be at work, like it could be at your day job, or it could be in you know your creative endeavors, creative industries of any form. Oh, I I have an answer, but I think I will get in trouble if I say it. So uh, let's go. Second second best answer. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm I'm drawing blanks. Oh really? There's nothing. Yeah. In general, is there anything that kind of rubs up against you? I suppose. Oh. Like that people can tend to do that's unprofessional. I do have something that is unprofessional. It didn't happen to me, but it is a bit of a story that happened to uh, someone I heard about, if I can say that. Yeah, yeah. Just be as vague as you as you feel like you want to be. Uh, used to work at Woolies. Uh, there yep. was a story that went around that uh, some poor girl cut her hand on the meat slicer. Mm. And the manager at the time said, just wrap it up and get back to work. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> mm. Oh, my the God. Poor, That's the, the retail industry for you. That, that is, yeah, Jeez. real unprofessional right there. And the poor wow. guy had to go to hospital. But uh, wrap it up and keep going. Well, right. Yep. Uh, not even, they wouldn't even do that to a professional wrestler or something. Wow. Okay. Which leads me to the next question. The original question of this is, you're about to get into a fight, what some co- song comes on as your soundtrack? But I have recently changed it to, what is your wrestling entrance music? What is the song that hypes you up, but also hypes the crowd up when you enter the ring? Is it weird that I've thought about this before? No, not at all. It's amazing. Meta- Metallica, for whom the bells toll. It's very oh. Undertaker-like. Yeah, so it's, it's very. All, it's all black. The the bell starts going off, and then <laughs> boom. Fireworks and flames, and I come out looking like Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> nice. Have the Goldberg, like, blowing the smoke out. Eggs, eggs. Like a fire-breathing drake. Nice. I like that. I like that. Okay, final question before I let you go. What is something that most people learn only after it's too late? What is something you've noticed that people will learn just a little bit too late? If we're going based on, say, arguments, Mm. looking at the argument from the other person's point of view. Yes. Perfect. That is a great answer. Mm. Having some empathy empathy for others. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Some people learn that a little too late in life and they end up... Yes. Opinions, uh, that's, that's something... I I really have been thinking about a lot lately is opinions are great as long as your opinion isn't followed up with devaluing the other person's opinion. I think discussion becomes an argument when you stop valuing the other person's opinion. That's for sure. 
Yeah. And you're just stunting progress. Yeah. Mm. Well, thank you very much for coming on, man. Would you like to plug all your social medias and anything you're working on right now before we before we head off? Definitely. Uh, you can look me up on Instagram. That's Weirdy Beardy Creations. Uh, I'm sure Jordan will link that down in the yes, uh, I'll bio put in the descriptions and everything. Yep. Uh, I am also in a couple of weeks time starting up my YouTube again it would doing everything from cosplay to music to special effects to video games you name it it's going to be in there awesome. uh, that that will be under the same name as well weirdy mm-hmm. beardy creations um, if it isn't just hop on my Instagram and I'll eventually have a link in there uh, cool. and also if uh the film that I spoke about before, Raven's Call, if uh, that interests you at all, um, I do have a uh, Instagram for that, and I'm just going to bring the name up really quick to make sure <laughs> I get it right. Get right. It, yeah. So the Instagram name is Raven's Call Film. So R A V E N S C A L L F I L M. And uh, that is basically it thanks very much for having me that's all right thank you very much for coming on i think we had a very good chat and i really appreciate you coming on um i hope you're all well everybody make sure to wash your hands stay at home we are going to get through this um and again tyson thank you so much for coming on um i really do appreciate it was long overdue thank you very much (laughs) yes it was yes we've been trying to get this going for a while Thank you so much for listening, ladies and gentlemen. I really do appreciate you taking the time to listen to this every single week. And I really do appreciate the the um, guests that come on here. Thank you, Tyson, so much for coming on. I really, really, really love the chat we had. As I said at the top, I loved this episode. Um, I loved, I think it was one of the better interviews that I've ever had here. Um, there was so much in this interview, so much that we went through. I think we really um, touched on so much creativity and so on. Anyway, enough blowing my own horn. Construction workers again. Ladies and gentlemen, you know where to find me. And if you don't, you can find me on Instagram at Jordan Morpathart. You can find me on TikTok at... Um, at Jordan can draw. You can find me on on Twitter, Jordan Morpeth. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn and Facebook and ArtStation and all those places. You can find the video version of this. We did have a video version of this actually. Tyson um, really liked the idea of being on video this time, so we had a video version of this. Um, and you can see our ugly mugs um, interacting on YouTube. Um, we also have. Uh, you know, you can find all of these in the description below and in the bio and so on um, in the show notes on iTunes. And if you could please, I I implore you, I love all of you guys. I know there's a lot of regular listeners. I implore you, I would love to um, have you guys. I'm going on, I'm rambling on. What am I trying to say? What I'm trying to say is, please, if you are listening to this on iTunes, please leave a review and I will, I, I guarantee you, I will send you something. Uh, if you leave a review on iTunes, 
I will read it out loud here, first of all, on the podcast. And second of all, I will um, I will send you something. Sorry, it's late in the afternoon. I'm a bit sunstroked from painting out there. I will send you something that I think you will appreciate. I think you will very much appreciate. Um, personally, as a thank you for leaving a review. Send you something that you that you will like, a little piece of art, a little 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 piece of the the lemonade stand family over here. But ladies and gentlemen, now that you've finished this episode, go and have a listen to Qui-Gon's Happy Hour. I am shamelessly plugging this because I really do, really do love this podcast and I really do love that we finally expanded the Lemonade Network and there is more than one podcast on this network. Um, Go and listen to Qui-Gon's Happy Hour. Um, Thank you so much for listening. I love all of you out there who listen every single week and and I really do appreciate all of you. Go and make sure to wash your hands, stay at home, keep your distance, don't touch your face, all that stuff. We're going to get through this. Um, and as always, ladies and gentlemen, I've been your host, Jordan. This is Making Lemonade. And remember, stay weird. This is the way. <laughs>